The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And the last uh, of the five faculties is wisdom. The Pali word is panya. And uh, some of you might know it by the Sanskrit prajna. And um, there's a clothing line called prajna. There's, um, and um, it's not clear that wisdom is the best translation because, or if wisdom implies some kind of knowledge that you, you learn something and then you know it and you can carry it with you around and because of that knowledge, you, everything's going to be okay. Uh, that's not what uh, this word panya means. It means more like insight. One, one translator translates, translates at discernment. And it's, it's nice, the idea of discernment. Insight suppl- uh, 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 implies it's something we see and it's active, it's in the present moment. It's not a acquired or learned something. It's something we see. Oh, that's I see. That's true. Discernment implies the idea that you're discerning, that there is an intelligence involved to understand, to see, to be engaged, uh, and you're and you're distinguishing and seeing differences between things. And a very important part of you know understanding or the wisdom in this early Buddhist tradition that we're part of is um, to be able to make distinctions that are useful for us, that's helped us. For example, the distinction between uh, being uh, stressed and not stressed is a useful distinction to have if you want to move towards a non-stressed state. The distinction between being contracted and not contracted, the uh, the, the, the distinction between being caught up in the mind and having the mind be free of being is a useful distinction to make. And so by seeing what goes on in the mind, to see what goes on in our system, uh, then uh, we can learn that it's actually wiser, it's more useful, it's more discerning, uh, more healing, more healthy, to not be caught up in attachments, to not be caught up (coughs) in in self-identification concerns, kind of trapped in, in image concerns, for example. It's best to um, operate, from, uh, operate from a place in the heart or the mind that, that's wholesome and healthy, and, um, as opposed to a place that's scared or angry or greedy. So this is kind of, just be able to see how the mind operates, to see how the effect, the cause and effect relationship between things is, is part of this insight. And it's, it's meant to be alive in real time. So I'd like to offer, <coughs> and what I said earlier, I want to repeat, that one of the functions of getting calm in meditation is to create clarity so that you can see more clearly, so you can have insight. If everything is all kind of a mess and confusing, the mind's jumping around, you can't really tease things apart and see what's going on so well. But as we get a little bit calmer, it doesn't have to be a lot, but a little bit more calm than usual, then we have a vantage point to begin seeing more clearly what's happening. And then, we, and then wisdom arises. And wisdom doesn't arise in this tradition, this panya, 
doesn't arise because we're thinking about things. We're trying to understand things and we're thinking it out. It's more like revelation. We get calm, the, we get settled, the mindfulness gets stronger, and then it's, it's, it's so obvious. Oh, it's obvious. My hand's ho- touching the hot stove. No one has to tell me. I don't have to read a book to know that. It's just, oh, it's so obvious. You pull it back. So it's kind of like that. At some point it's revealed to you that if you're paying attention, the hand's on the hot stove. So in the same way, the idea of, of it being revealed it's more like the spirit of it. Just wait and just look and you'll become wiser. So the particular form of wisdom, of discernment, that I want to emphasize for this next sitting, that doesn't necessarily require almost anything to change in you. You could be flustered, you could be a headache, you could be, the mind could be spinning in thoughts and all that. If you have enough mindfulness to know that that's the case, One form of wisdom is to notice how you know that, how you're seeing that. So when there's something happening for you, how are you in relationship to it? Are you for it? Are you against it? Are you afraid of it? Are you angry? Are you desiring it? Are you resisting it? Um, Are you using it to judge yourself? Are you making a story about it? So there's always going to be two things. There's going to be what's happening and your relationship to it. And so one aspect of wisdom is to be able to see the distinction between what's happening and our relationship to it. I might have the most busy, agitated mind anybody's had on the planet. I can see it and I see that actually I hate it. But the hate is different than having an agitated mind. So I see that difference, make that distinction, and I say, you know, they're different. So I don't, I don't need to hate. So I just you know, snap my fingers and it disappears very nicely. And, and then I just happened coincidentally to have the most agitated mind that's ever existed, but I'm okay with it. I don't hate it. It's a lot better to have the most agitated mind in the universe and not hate it than it is to have it and hate it. Does that make some sense? So your relation, that what's happening and your relationship to it. It's, you know, if the mind is really busy, it's hard to see that, but we can begin to kind of find our way with this. So I'll guide you through this little bit through this sitting. And maybe it, maybe this be useful for you. And, but don't worry if it's not, because um, I can give the most confused instructions ever been given. That's one thing. And then it's your relationship to it. <laughs> and guess who's responsible for your relationship to it? <laughs> not me. <laughs> okay. So... Take a upright, comfortable posture. Gently close your eyes. And then relax your body a bit. Soften in your body. 
and take a few deeper breaths as a little ritual of reminding yourself to be here, to settle into here. Let your breath be normal. And then we'll sit quietly for a little while and just sit and practice. And whatever stillness that's here in the room or the stillness that's within you let that be a support for you to be awake, to be present here.
one distinction that wisdom can make is between being simple or being complicated with what is. And in meditation we move towards simplicity, the simplicity of being, where the complexity of the past and the future, complexity of other places, recedes in favor of the simplicity of this moment here, this place. Simplicity of being a person quietly breathing. And there's a distinction to be made between being so involved in our thinking that's as if we live in our thoughts or as if everything is understood looking out out the windows of the house of the thoughts. versus simple awareness, simple knowing. It doesn't involve thinking. A feeling, a sensing, a being. Or a discursive thought, 
commentary, fantasy, recedes to the periphery in favor of the direct seeing or knowing. Sometimes here in the West, we arrange a bouquet of flowers. Sometimes in Japan, they'll carefully arrange a single flower so that single flower can stand out and be seen for what it is. With mindfulness practice, We allow each thing to be what it is in its simplicity. By seeing it, knowing it in an uncomplicated way, without being for or against it, without seeing it as right or wrong, good or bad. So as you're sitting here, you might see if you can distinguish between being in a reactive mode to what's happening versus a non-reactive mode. between knowing which is entangled with preferences and judgments, concerns and fears, versus knowing which is very simple and allows each thing to be present just as it is.
So, uh, five faculties, faith or confidence, effort, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. <clears throat> if these faculties are activated <clears throat> and are used and developed, <coughs> then in the Buddha's teachings, they become the five powers. And that's quite something to have, you know, that this practice also brings us power or strength. <clears throat> and, um, and in fact, I think that's true, that we get stronger in very good ways as we do this practice. And, um, and to have this certain kind of inner strength that we carry with us and go into the world is useful. <clears throat> and to have strength that we bring with us in our spiritual life or inner life exploration is also useful. So there can be strength in confidence or in faith. There can be strength in making effort. There can be strength in being mindful. <clears throat> and there can be strength in developing concentration. And there can be the strength in wisdom and being, being discerning or having insight. Each of you in coming here today <clears throat> uh, have activated to some degree all five. Even to come here, <clears throat> to spend the day here, had, you had to have some degree of trust or confidence this is worthwhile. And that, that somehow you're <clears throat> up to it enough to try it out. And, um, and even if you just came an hour ago, let, let alone you've been here all day, you, um, you've been putting in the effort. It's not easy to do what we did here, to sit and walk and be silent and kind of keep trying to show up and be present for your experience. It's not, I don't think it's easy for people. And you made effort to be here. And then, um, I don't think you could manage a day like today unless you had a teeny bit of mindfulness. Some, you know, you probably accidentally were mindful here and there, something. At least that. But probably there was more mindfulness at various times in the day. You were more clearly present and connected to your experience and to yourself. And there was mindfulness here. There was awareness that was operating through the day. The environment hopefully was conducive to it. And maybe this environment and the sitting and the walking and the settling, perhaps you're a little bit more concentrated or stable or calm than you would have been otherwise. Or maybe there are times when you were and then, um, thank you. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> I'm pretty confident that there were acts of discernment that went on here throughout the day. That you made all kinds of little, you saw something, you saw one way to do it or another way to do it, some, some way to be here, that uh, somehow supported you as you went through the day. And you, here you are at the end of the day. The more the di more discerning you are, the more wisdom there is, <clears throat> the more it informs faith and confidence and effort, and it's a nice spiral. And they grow over time until they become powers. They grow over time as they support us in the practice, and the practice grows and develops. And uh, I like to think of the practice as a spiral, that it kind of goes around and around, and a lot of the same territory is covered again and again, but each time we go around, we go, depends on how you like the metaphor, 
higher, lower. I guess some spirals go in, so closer in. But maybe you don't like going in, so you know, you, the spiral takes you out. Whatever is your thing, you know, the spiral can satisfy it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, um, um, so the five faculties. So I hope that the instructions, the teachings, the guidance I gave today was useful for you in some way. And that gave you some little different perspective on the practice and how to do it. And um, if it was any of it was confusing or not so clear or not useful for you, uh, that's to be expected. There's many people in the room that you can't expect to, that one, teach, one, one shoe fits all people. And so it's, it's not a problem that this particular way of doing it didn't work for you. And there's lots of other ways. And that's, uh, that's fine. And... Um, So I think that's all I have for today, except thanking you for coming. I, I really appreciate very much people who come and do these day-longs. I think they're a very important part of practice and important way of being together in a kind of community to practice together. And, and um, so I want to thank you all for coming and putting in your effort here and offering yourself as support to other people. It's hard to do these kinds of days and it's a little easier when we do it together with other people, or a lot easier. So thank you all for coming and contributing to that. It's the custom here at IMC that uh, the, the way we do things that everything is done by volunteers. And it's our kind of understanding of practice that it's really healthy, really helpful that uh, we, uh, uh, practitioners care for the, the place they practice in. And so uh, one of the ways that we care for this place and practice in caring for it is that at the end of these day-longs, <clears throat> we asked for about seven or eight volunteers to do the basic tidying up that should be done to make the place kind of neat and be ready for the next event tomorrow. It's like cleaning the bathrooms, the kitchen, taking out the trash, and various, maybe vacuuming this floor, various things. It takes about 10 minutes to do all those things. I wonder if we can have seven, eight volunteers who would be willing to stay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Great. And if you could go talk to Jeff, Jeff is the manager, and he can coordinate it because we don't want you all cleaning the same bathroom. And uh, so you can find out where, he'll tell you where the equipment is and things like that. So um, thank you very, very much, and I hope to see you on one of these day-longs again. <laughs>